Hall of Sports all plays. Hall of Sports all plays. Hall of Sports all plays. We're making a place. We're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the diamond the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast. I have a very exciting episode with Bo Brock from Locked On Cardinals. And we're going to be talking about the Phoenix Suns victory tonight, 112-94. Devin Booker going for 22 in the third quarter. It was fun watching that game. I was a little sad because of watching Tory Craig, but you know what? We got the W. Hopefully he becomes a member of our team. And me and JJ are going to get into it a little bit when it comes to that. Lately on the stream, I have been talking about how excited I am for this game. I wasn't nervous. I felt confident today. I got to admit, starting to get nervous. I don't know if I'm confident about it yet, but we're going to find out with Bo. Coming up, he's on Fire Podcast. Thanks for doing this. Welcome to Sets. intro gets me pumped every single time as i said i am definitely starting to get nervous just thinking about the game on monday i'm starting i'm starting to feel the the bubble gut starting to come up but you know what let's get everybody on here first and foremost my co-host jj with a different background tonight thanks for making it on and making it happen how's it going for you i'm doing all right for everybody that's watching uh i have guests over so i'm not in the usual uh jpad so uh but i'm happy to be on we have a great guest on tonight and just you know shoot the shit talking cardinals and suns tonight what a big win for the suns but let's get yeah. into the arizona cardinals and bring in our man bo brack from locked on cardinals how are we doing tonight my friend i'm just vibing off that open my god i mean every yeah, single punk. moment I can remember where I was. The Jalen Strong, I thought we were going to burn down a Four Peaks after that. It was unreal watching that <laughs> live. Uh, we, we just absolute just madness when Jalen Strong caught that pass from Mike Bercovici. And, and Jalen Strong, one of the biggest busts that I thought like he was going to, I thought he was going to be solid in the NFL and just like did nothing in Houston. I think he got a cup of coffee with Jacksonville after that, but. I was pretty surprised he wasn't an NFL player after his career in uh, Tempe. I mean, it all started with that draft night, right? I remember watching him come out with a, there was like 25 people that are invited to the draft. He comes out, he's waving to everybody. I remember taking a picture. I was like, look at that man, how proud he is right now coming out of Juco. And then he makes it big. And then did he get dropped into the second, third, fourth round? He got drafted. I, I don't third. Even remember. Yeah. yeah. Third rounder. 
it was a real and, bummer watching him and, and he's making some money on the side now with uh i, th- I want to say it's like medical marijuana over over in one of the legal states i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah we're i'm gonna try to get him on it sometime as well too the funny story about that that was actually my birthday the jalen strong catch ah. and so we're ah. losing i'm not feeling good okay pound a few more drinks cam smith i don't know if you remember the 70 yarder or 60 yarder that cam smith broke just before that you know to get it to a one score game and then they punt we get the ball back and then it goes i was way too inebriated that night i'm jumping all around the neighbor from underneath comes pounding on my door my girlfriend gets it and tells me to be quiet i'm like nope you can yeah. call the police on me tonight i really don't care yeah that was a great memory so hopefully we can make another playoff memory on Monday night. Talk to me about how you're feeling, Bo. I, I, I heard you at the beginning of last night's podcast. I didn't hear it today. You mm-hmm. said you were feeling good. You're actually feeling confident. That's where I was at yesterday. I'm not 100% sure today. How are you feeling? I, my, my confidence is gaining each and every day. It, it's because I, I look more in depth at how uh, this Rams team is truly struggling, especially on the offensive side of the football, and their quarterback play has been poor, and they've been able to overcome that against some bad teams. I mean, we're talking about the Vikings. We're talking about the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. They're able to sneak by them, and then when they face kind of a real team, they take on San Francisco, and pretty much that passing game cost them the chance to win the game. I mean, it, it's uh, I like that, and, and with the – Pretty much the addition of J.J. Watt coming back to this defense, which I'm pretty confident he'll be back in the lineup in some capacity. I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to have a shot to kind of look more like the team they did in week four instead of the team that they look like on Monday Night Football against the same Rams squad. The, the, the biggest key is going to be the offense. The offense needs to show up. So if the defense is making stops, if they're forcing the Rams offense off the field, if they're forcing ter- takeaways like they did, they've got to capitalize. they got to play that complimentary football. But I'm pretty confident in it. I, I don't hear Cliff Kingsbury speak up too much about his quarterback and how confident he is in him. He did that this week. So, you know, Kyler's just got to be firing in practice right now. So excited about that. I hope so, man. And I hope Cliff has his little <laughs> special playbook. We've heard a few things about kind of similar to the water boy, you know, um, <laughs> you had your Rams correspondent on uh, last, yeah. last night. He had a very interesting observation, which I've always felt I, I'm, not from Michigan, but all my family's from there. I lived there for six years and they told me all I need to know about Matthew Stafford. Basically, if you can get him not necessarily rattled, just move him off of his spot. Good things can happen for the defense. You know, I kind of expect that coming from the edge. But what he was saying is if we can get defensive line penetration between the center and guard, A gap, Mm -hmm. B gap, doesn't matter. That's how we can really knock Matthew Stafford off his spot. I'm sure you've watched a little bit of film here or there. You kind of have a, a grasp on that. Do you agree with that? Or do you think our edge rush is going to be our best bet to get to Matthew Stafford and make him uncomfortable? No, it's going to come from the interior. And we've seen it for the Cardinals, too. I mean, it's kind of their Achilles heel. Like when Kyler Murray gets pressure up the gut, it, it's tough because you really have no place to go. But when you're kind of more statuesque like Matthew Stafford, uh, you really have no place to go. And we've seen that when he is off his spot, just the tiniest bit, he's a guy that just because he goes from a really good MVP caliber quarterback to pedestrian to below average. So if you can get that, I mean, we know what the Cardinals can do as far as Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones, and those guys were both a part of the Monday night loss, but J.J. Watt wasn't. 
and that interior push that they could potentially get Jordan Phillips maybe coming back and Zach Allen. We'll see what his status is. If they can be, you know, a full, you know, all hands on deck in the middle of that and beef up that defensive line, it could be a nightmare game for Matthew Stafford because what did they do on the Monday night game? They rolled Matthew Stafford out. We even remember that that big play from Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm, it was yeah. because he was be able to roll out. He didn't have to worry about who was breathing down his neck, and he just put it on a dime uh, to Van Jefferson. Big play to start the second half for the Rams, and you know they didn't really look back after that. So uh, I think that that's key. And Travis Rogers knows what he's talking about. He's pre, he's post game for this Rams team. You've seen him. He's seen him play every game. And uh, I, I completely buy into that. I think that that's if you can get the pressure up the middle, if you can really win the battle and the trenches, uh, that's that's a win most of the time. I I kind of completely agree with that after I thought about everything. So going to that defensive line, I didn't think we were going to see Jordan Phillips. Looks like he might be questionable to play. J.J. Watts obviously coming back in. I've heard 30 to 35 st- snaps uh, kind of the count maybe a first and second down snap guide not necessarily third down what are your thoughts on Jordan Phillips and how are you feeling about JJ Watt as well yeah I mean anytime you can get JJ Watt in any capacity back in this lineup it's a win it's what you'll take right I mean if it's 34 35 snaps it's going to be 34 35 snaps where he's going to sell out and he's going to give you everything he's got and uh I I I, I mean that's going to be huge for the Arizona Cardinals because you know, whether it's the rush defense, which was horrible against Seattle to finish the, the season, and it had been pretty decent in the last couple of games before that. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be big for to get JJ Watt back. Jordan Phillips, you know, I mean, he's a rotational guy anyway, and we saw him kind of flash a couple of times this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it just it just if you're gonna get the only part-time player in JJ Watt to get another guy that can be disruptive would be huge for the Arizona Cardinals. It's just because we know where they could get so they could kind of wreck that offensive game plan in the interior that uh, that Rams offense. So, you know, it, it's all going to come down. I, I'm not an insider by any means as far as what I know what their status is going to be. But if JJ Watt and they're making hype videos of him coming back to practice, I got to imagine he's going to be on the on the playing field. Jordan Phillips, a little bit less of a hype train, but if you can get him back, you'll take it, man. And then Zach yeah. Allen, we saw him have a big play. In the in the loss to Seattle, and he's been playing really well this season. Really shown why they utilized the draft pick on him out of Boston College a couple of seasons ago. You like Zach Allen's, and you love to see you know that sack dance. It's uh, it's brutally hilarious, and I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it every day of the week and twice <laughs> on Sunday, as a matter of fact, three times this Monday. Um, you guys should have just seen my my wife just came in and I was on dad duty tonight and she just came in here on the side and creeped in and laid down mm. a a four pack here that I've never <laughs> seen before and said here you go so I'm gonna have to pop one of these open but what do you guys think I've got a pilsner a honey cream ale never heard of it a imperial brown or a pale ale what do you guys think I should try tonight pale ale. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, sure. You can get a little. You can get a little spicy with it. Get the. You, what was the honey cream? Honey cream crazy, ale. Man. It's from Grid City Beer Works. It's a new brewery here in Salt Lake, and I haven't tried okay. them yet. We got the. They got rid of that silly alcohol. Uh, you know. Yeah. You can have more than three point eight percent, right? Yeah, exactly. But you there still you have to. Uh, you have to buy 
food whenever you buy a drink. You have to have oh, some okay. sort of food. You can't just go in and, and have drinks. But yeah, you can have legitimate beer here. It's great. Uh, guys, don't forget to like the stream and, and share this out. And subscribe to He's on Fire podcast as well as our host, ASAP Sports Network. Uh, Bo, JJ has been a fan for a while. He's been pestering me to get you on. <laughs> I wanted to save the the all-stars, if you will, for, for the right moment. So, JJ, take it away. What questions do you have for Bo while he's on with us? Uh, man, I just want to know uh, what are your biggest takeaways from this season? Because, you know, we saw great glimpses early on with this team fully healthy and stuff. And when uh, people just started uh, getting injured, like Robert Offord and – uh, JJ Watt and Jordan Phillips, uh, like early on in the season, like I still felt pretty confident and I never really mm -hmm. hit the panic button until we lost against the Lions. And I was like, like, what the hell is this? You know? And, uh, I, I'm just wondering, uh, have you hit the panic button yet to a little bit? Are you hovering over it? And like, like, uh, what person's, uh, like what injury kind of like, damage this team mostly because yeah. Uh, like yeah jj watts leadership is is a thing but me personally i think robert alfred really messed up that backfield and i just don't know how we can pick it up without him yeah no great questions i'll try to answer all of them here it's uh you know i it, as far as the team overall and how they came out of the gates and they continue to kind of answer the doubters early on and everybody's like no this cardinals team's not for real they're a fluke and they're gonna fizzle out and you know at the end of the day they they were proven to be right in some capacity but you know still they won 11 games they're in the big dance as far as the postseason and i don't think the rams are excited that they have to face them and i don't think any team in the nfc wanted to face kyler murray or this arizona cardinals team but uh you know with all that being said i i think that the arizona cardinals still have an issue uh, where they're they're too much of a sprinter and they need to be more of a marathon runner. They need to be more consistent at the end of the season because it's you mm. can't just kind of turn your nose up or, or turn a blind eye to how the last two seasons have ended for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They fizzled out. They have, and it was a it was a, just a disappointment, obviously, to be on the outside looking in at eight and eight last year, and it was an improvement off of five wins, which is good, an overall win. Uh, and then this season to improve off of that and finally kind of punch your ticket in a weird way, uh, but but still get to the playoffs and win 11 games. That's that's nothing I'm going to turn my nose up on or, or discount. But still, hey, you the duo of Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, they're learning. And this is something they have to learn from and continue to grow as a young coach, play caller, young signal caller. You can't just kind of be content. Um, so as far as that goes, I, I think it's an overall success, but this team should be very disappointed with how things ended. Fan base is obviously disappointed. And as far as the confidence level going into a playoff game, I don't think, you know, you can go in there. I think you'd be naive saying, Hey, they're going to go in there and just blow the doors off the Rams. They're just going to be able to turn it on, flip a switch and be back to week four where they dominated this team. So it's going to take a focused effort. Uh, Robert Alfred is a is a gigantic loss for this team. One of the, like the if Joe Burrow didn't exist, if there weren't other guys out there that were you know playing bigger positions that were making a comeback, Robert Alfred should be in the discussion for playback or comeback player of the year. I mean, what he was able to do yeah. was was pretty extraordinary. He didn't play for two straight seasons, and they were pretty confident once they could get back in there that he he was going to be able to do what exactly what he did. You didn't have to think twice about the other corner. In this defensive secondary, he was solid all season long. So that was a that was a bigger loss than I think a lot of people thought about 
when it first happened. But as far as which injury was the biggest to me, and and there's been some big ones. You you mentioned J.J. Watt, but I think DeAndre Hopkins because we've seen this team just struggle just mightily in the red zone since DeAndre Hopkins left. Eight touchdowns in that area. He was a guy that Kyler Murray could look to each and every play, no matter if it's one, two, three defenders, Hale Murray style, style, and and get him the football. You could rely on him. AJ Green struggled. Nobody's emerged. Even Zach Hurts, who we know is a good red zone threat, hasn't been that guy. So I think as far as being that elite offense, having James Conner have 18 touchdowns, having Kyler Murray, but once you take DeAndre Hopkins out of it, it's just a completely different uh, look down there. And when you're going from seven points to three points every time you're in that area, it's just, it's crushing for this team and it's, it's proved to be so. So I think I answered all those questions, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. (laughs) Uh, I do have one more for you because uh, you and Alex, uh, Alex Clancy on the other half of the lockdown Cardinals. Who? Uh, uh, (laughs) Mr. Clancy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. There's a rambling madman that I've cracked the mic with every day that uh, I, I put up with. Is that who you're talking about? Passionate. We call it yeah. passionate. <laughs> All right. Very angry man. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I, uh, you guys have sort of uh, touched on it uh, throughout the weeks and stuff, uh, you know, with uh, like Kyler not necessarily stepping up or it's uh, like Cliff's play calling and stuff. What do you think is uh, the biggest issue with this offense? Yeah. uh, Hopkins is hurt and Rondale has been out for a while too. And I think that totally scrapped more than half of the playbook. And we're very Mm -hmm. limited on what we have right now. Like, do you think it's more of uh, Kyler's accountability or Cliff's uh, sort of uh, naiveness and arrogance? If you you want to put it that way. Like, pretty political i think it's it's a combination of both uh i you know i think cliff could probably pull him out of there with looking at some film and and also giving him kind of in uh saying just rip it dude just just rip it find it find a guy open in the in the red zone and just kind of let it go because when you look at kyler murray's numbers overall jj especially over the last three games they're nice like he's pass he's completing like 70 yeah. percent of his passes he's got four touchdowns he has no picks He's taking care of the football, but damn, like he's he, like I almost would take a Matthew Stafford where he's taking some risks and he's turning the ball over, but he's being aggressive and he's putting his team in a position to succeed with that. I'd like to see him be more aggressive because when that's happened so far, like if he just kind of put his foot on the gas a little bit, um, there it's been there's been success for this team, and uh, I, I, I'd like to see that a little bit from the quarterback who. I think is a little too careful with the football. Um, and, and now come Monday, there's no reason. I mean, it's, it's survive in advance. It's, it's win or go home. So hopefully Kyler Murray's playing with a little bit of an edge and he can, uh, he just kind of steps up and, and is, is the player that we think he can be. Do you think Kyler Murray is going to have the best game of his career? <laughs> That's I the mean, big question, right? Thanks to old Cliffy. It is, yeah, and I mean, Cliff kind of putting his quarterback, putting the 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 pressure on his QB, but I like it because it kind of just what I just said. I think that there needs to be that that pressure on Kyler Murray because anytime there's been pressure on Kyler Murray in his career, he plays well. He's answered. He's answered it right. I mean, even yeah. in college, it's like, hey, nobody's going to be able to follow up Baker Mayfield Heisman Trophy winning campaign, number one pick in the draft, and what's Kyler Murray do? He does exactly the same thing with really limited exposure at the college football level. 
He, uh, you know, the baseball player, he was drafted in the top 10 by the Oakland Athletics. Uh, and then, you know, he makes his, you know, weird rise to the number one spot and um, wins the offensive rookie of the year and then improves as he did in year two. And he comes out and is lighting the world on fire like he did in, in year three before the injury. And it's just like, He's kind of answered the bell every time. So for Cliff Kingsbury to kind of put that out, kind of speak it into the existence, uh, you're hoping that he, that he can do it. Now, we've seen some pretty damn good games from Kyler Murray already, right? I mean, it, it hasn't been on the national stage. It hasn't been in primetime, 0-3 in primetime this year. Uh, but, you know, five, he's had five total touchdowns before. If he can match, if he can get like, if he can have four total touchdowns in, in, a, in a game, with the stakes as high as they are on Monday night, you could call that probably his best game ever. I would actually, I would, I would tend to agree completely, but it kind of all starts with not taking those nine to 10, 11 yard sacks. He is the lead, 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 lead leader, excuse me, in yards per sack at like Mm -hmm. 9.7. We had, uh, John Voida from Suns Jam Session on, also a big Cardinals fan. He looked it up for us. Joe Burrow was sacked like 51 times for, for what do you say, JJ, like 380 yards. And Kyler yeah. Murray was sacked for 26 times, so almost exactly half mm-hmm. for like 265 or 270 yards. Damn, that's so, a great stat. Yeah, so 9.7, 9.6 yards per sack. So it all starts with... The guys up front, our offensive line. What is this going to be like? The fourth time, third time total, our whole offensive line, the guys who we want at each position that are going to be there. What are your realistic expectations from this offensive front considering Aaron Donald, Von Miller and company? Yeah, it's going to come down to Kyler knowing what to do with the football once it's snapped, right? I mean, those sacks are him either trying to make a play and it 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 completely failing and trying to do too much like he did in his rookie season. Um, yeah. And, you know, they were able to kind of weather the Aaron Donald storm in, in week four. And I, I think that they're capable of doing that, but it's going to take, uh, as JJ, I think, fell. We, we it, just it lost is, JJ. Did his floor <laughs> collapse? My God. It look, it's like he just. Is there an earthquake in Arizona? The the earth. <laughs> Not that I felt. Um, you know, I mean, as far as that, that's going to be huge. I mean, getting Rodney Hudson back uh, a couple games ago, the the guards being back at full strength, you got to have a bounce back game from DJ Humphreys. He was terrible against Seattle. Just a, just a turnstile there. He was penalized in, in the key situation. Kelvin Beecham can, uh, needs to step up at the tackle, right tackle position. So it's going to be, it's going to take a Herculean effort. No doubt about it. I think that Aaron Donald, there's a, there's a scenario where Aaron Donald still eats. He could get one to two sacks, but if you, as long as you're still making big plays, you're avoiding consistently getting negative plays on offense and putting yourself in, you know, second, third and manageable. We've seen that this offense is, is solid and, and in those third and manageables, they've been able to get some big plays at least early on. We haven't seen it lately, but that's where they really like to go for for kind of the jugular there. Yeah. And real quick, I just want to give everybody a score update since we're starting to standing watch in the NBA. It's January. We're starting to get there. The Mavericks are up 18 on the Grizzlies right now. Luka Doncic has 23 points, nine boards, and nine assists already. John Morant with 17 and seven assists. This is kind of a interesting one because I thought the Grizzlies were about to go for their, what, 12th or 13th straight right now. So something to keep in mind, Suns fans, as we continue our conversation with Bo Brock from Locked On Cardinals. 
please again share this stream out uh like and subscribe to our channel as well as asap sports network so we've talked about kyler murray we've talked about the offensive line the last line of defense is sometimes in this case with kyler murray our running backs We've seen James Conner and Chase Edmonds have to pick up a lot of the slack this year. Honestly, a little more than I personally remember a running back doing. Outside of the blocking that we expect from James Conner, what are, again, are your realistic expectations for two guys that are banged up, probably both with rib injuries? Yeah, it's like on the side and lower, but you know, that's like where running backs get tackled. So it's mm -hmm. probably going to hurt quite a few times when they get tackled. What are your realistic expectations for our backfield? And do you expect uh, ASU great, you know, Benjamin to get any touches? <laughs> I, I I don't think so. I don't think. I, and then there's dang. a big contingent of uh, Cardinals fans and I'm sure ASU fans that, that want to see, you know, get uh, ample opportunity to tote the rocket. I just don't I don't think it's going to happen. If it hasn't happened by now, it's definitely not going to happen when the stakes the highest against the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. But as far as the duo and getting these guys back, uh, you know, it's going to be huge for to have that. And, and I think that Chase Edmonds is the best back for this team between the 20s. Like he's the guy that can run the scheme where he's quick enough to get to, to the outside, right? That that zone run scheme. Uh, and then uh, because you see James Conner has as successful as, as he was in the red zone and catching the football. Uh, his yards per carry were pretty atrocious just because I don't think he's quick enough to get to the outside on those kind of normal runs where they're just trying to get good field position. But when they're in the, where, where it means the most, that's where James Conner has been the best. So to kind of have that thunder lightning to steal from the giants about a decade ago with Tiki Barber and Ron Dane, um, it's nice to have that because when this team was successful against the Rams, 216 yards on the ground, and it was a full effort from all three of those guys. It was James Conner cashing in when it meant it meant in the red zone. It was Chase Edmonds gashing them between the twenties, and it was Kyler Murray just making plays to extend drives. Like we remember, third and sixteen, he goes 18 yards. He hits over 20 miles per hour and made poor Leonard Floyd just looked like he was standing still. And it it it, uh, it put the Cardinals in a prime position to cash in, and they did that. And uh, it's just going to take all three of those guys really showing off what they can do, athleticism with their legs. And, uh, you know, it, it's a good time to get healthy at that position, even though, as you mentioned, I, I completely agree. I mean, if anybody's had a rib injury before, they know yes. that it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, I've, I mean, not only have I had ribs out, I've cracked a rib and everything. You go to to pull out a chair, your desk chair, and sit down, or you <laughs> yeah. reach up to grab a plate. You're just like uh, you're, you're wincing a little bit. So God obviously, you sneeze, you want to die. Exactly. No yeah. comedies. You can't watch those. <laughs> I, again, I don't. I mean, I don't have professional trainers, you know, monitoring what I do uh, every hour, every minute of every day, like these guys do. But you know, we heal probably pretty close to the same, right? So sure. I I can't imagine gutting it out and doing doing what you love a football game with cracked injuries uh, a heel injury guys with uh the toe injuries just little stuff like that that i'm like no hun i can't take the garbage out sorry and these guys are going out and they're and they're going balls to the wall for a sport that they love so props to them i'm hoping the offensive line can get it together i'm hoping chase edmonds james connor play and they can play to the ability that we know that we're playing of as well as k1 but Cliff Kingsbury, when Colt McCoy was our starter, it seemed like that was Cliff Kingsbury's best play calling of his NFL career. I don't know if I've 100% seen that with 
uh, Kyler Murray. Now it could just be mm. Murray magic and he just makes things look easy as well too. A lot of things are going to come down to cliff. He does quite a few calls where, you know, you and I, if we're going to play Madden against each other, we wouldn't do some of the things that he does in Madden. <laughs> what are you expecting from Cliff Kingsbury? Let's put the pressure on him a little bit. Is he going to dial up just a masterful game plan? Or is he going to be the Cliff Kingsbury that dials a QB draw on third and 19 when Kyler Murray mm-hmm. hurts his ankle like he did last year in the closing game? Yeah. No, you know, you hope good Cliff shows up. It's going to come down to Raheem Morris, too, on the other side, the DC for the LA Rams. Thankfully, it's not like a, a meeting of the minds, a battle between McVeigh and Cliff Kingsbury, but in a, in a way, it's going to be. And if you if you had to kind of go with that matchup, of course, you're going to give the edge to McVeigh 100 times out of 100. But yeah, this is a chance for Cliff Kingsbury to kind of show off that uh, he is every bit the reason why they took the chance on him when he's a failed coach in the big 12, he was 35 and 40, you know, all he was, was a pretty face down there. And and now, you know, the patience is paying off and, and the guy that they envision him being it's come to fruition. So uh, it, it's going to take him being early season cliff. But when you mentioned like Colt versus Kyler, like Colt knows exactly what to do with the football. Colt knows how to run through his progressions a little bit better than Kyler Murray, but he's also a little bit more content, draw, you know, putting the ball underneath, yeah. you know, bef- before the sticks. And I think Kyler Murray's looking more big play. It's like a, a par golfer versus a, a, a birdie, a guy who's shooting for birdie every time. It's gonna be, he's gonna, mm. Kyler's gonna go for it, and and you might get burned by it because you know on third and two you didn't pick it up, um, or you know you, you got Colt McCoy who's completely content. It's like I'm gonna give this dump this thing off to to James Conner and he's going to do work with it. So Rondell Moore had it some good games with, with, with uh, Colt McCoy, at least moving the chains. So it's just a different, it's just a different look. And I think Colt McCoy is a good quarterback. Cause if, if you, you want to play that game where you methodically move the ball down the field, Kyler Murray is more kind of going for the big play. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's just with that kind of mentality, you just have to play a perfect game. You got to avoid mistakes. So that's going to be tough for, for them it's but i don't expect them to change who they are there's there's been enough success for them to to do that you got some props here from todd helseth sorry if i mispronounced that what someone who talks about colt finally someone who actually wants to acknowledge him we if you listen to our podcast we absolutely did we even did a whole segment with his picture popping up and everything we we appreciated what he did and i feel confident if anything were to unfortunately tragically happen to kyler i mean I don't know any Cardinals fan who wouldn't feel confident. So the last thing I want to talk about, we kind of got an offense. I wanted to finish up defense with this guy, and it's Marco Wilson. Mm -hmm. Marco Wilson looked like an absolute stud of a defensive player. I mean, the guy still is, right? He's a rookie. He probably should have been a number one draft pick out of Florida, or at least a first-round draft pick out of Florida. Things got crazy there. Falls to us, we get lucky, and then we have this three-headed monster of Byron Murphy, Robert Offord, and Marco Wilson. Nobody saw that coming, but the more you saw Marco play, the more you just said, damn, Mm -hmm. I did, along with Jalen Thompson. Those are my two surprises this year. He was able to shut down OBJ in Cleveland from what I saw. Not so much on the Monday Night Football game against the Rams. He was visibly upset. He was throwing down his helmet and hitting it, whatever he was doing, because he was close to making quite a few plays. Mm -hmm. 
was he legitimately shutting down OBJ in Cleveland? Or was that a part of the Baker Mayfield thing and what we were able to do with that game? And is Marco Wilson capable and able to maybe not shut him down per, per se, but maybe hold him to four or five catches for sub 60, 70 yards, something like that? Yeah, I, I think he's capable. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll see where he is with his shoulder practice the other day. I don't think he was available today. Uh, you, you had um, no no Alfred, and then you heard they're, they're saying Brashad Breeland, who they picked mm -hmm. up from the Vikings, yeah. could see significant playing time, which is kind of concerning because, I, you know, as, as much as I watched a lot of Cardinals games, anytime I would watch just around the NFL, I hadn't seen a cornerback get picked on more than Brashad Breeland. I mean, he, he was just target practice for opposing quarterbacks, so it could be scary if he gets some heavy PT, but as far as Wilson's concerned, absolute toolbox, 43 and a half inch vertical. We know he's like a sub four, four guy uh, as far as speed wise, uh, Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford, just, you know, the one play that you can think of from that Monday night game, like that was an impossible play. I mean, he nearly broke up that pass. It was just, oh, it, just went, it was, it was magic. Where Cooper cup was going yeah. right to the to pylon. Oh, it was just magic. It was a finger. Yeah. So you can't really blame Wilson for that, but you know it's gonna. He needs help. Like he needs he needs help from the like the entire secondary needs help from the front seven. Like the front seven has to have a special game if they want to have a chance. Like you mentioned the interior pressure, got to get that right. You got to have. We'll see what if if Isaiah Simmons is available. If he's not, that's gonna be a huge huge uh, void for the Arizona Cardinals. But on that level, you know you gotta be you gotta be firing on all cylinders and then you've got the defensive secondary like the guys behind him i think the war of the rams success was because buda baker and jalen thompson had some blown assignments in that game and when when you're not helping out a fourth round yeah. pick out of florida i mean he can be as talented as they come but if guys aren't helping out in coverage he's he's just gonna be you know taking on a guy like obj one-on-one -on -one, it's not you're not gonna win that battle so it's just gonna take a collective effort and i think if it is Marco Wilson is, is more than capable of handling it. But if it's him on an island and he's got to match up with a guy that's got all the, the, the tricks, it's going to be a long day. But uh, they've, they've shown on several occasions that they could be good. But they've also shown in this, you get this with a rookie or a young cornerback, secondary, that you can get, uh, you can have a long day. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, and Todd says, I don't understand why they didn't run Colt out there against the Seahawks. Personally, I think it's because they were just drowning and the, the Cowboys <laughs> game was a nice up, but you wanted to go into the playoffs and not back into it like we did. You wanted to go out there, win, get everybody on the right page. So I think it was good that Kyler played and hoping to come out with the win. That's just my personal take on it. Uh, Bo, is there any X factors that you think that the Cardinals have or any tricks up their sleeve that we haven't talked about or covered yet? Anything that we're missing? We, we got to have good Matt Prater, right? Matt Prater, uh, we've seen him kind of, he slumped a couple times. He had the Seahawks game. Luckily, they were able to win that in Seattle. I'm going to give uh, you a drop right here to not mess you up. But Boom shakalaka! Absolutely. It is the He's on Fire podcast, so I right? got I got to do that. Matt Prater, yes. Yeah, Prater uh was was didn't show up against the Colts on Christmas night and that was that was huge for them, huge loss for them. So, uh, I think Prater and the special teams, I mean, we've seen the special teams under Jeff Rogers make some big plays throughout the season. I thought in Dallas it was huge for them, kind of changed the momentum of that game. So, mm -hmm. it, there there's the X factor and got to have a big game from Christian Kirk. 
I think Christian Kirk could be the guy that can kind of um, really get you back on track where they, where they can't figure out what's going on with AJ green, Christian Mm. Kirk. If he shows up, he can pick up the slack in the, uh, for the receiving core. So those are my, he's heating up. There you go. There's my uh, X factors. (laughs) And uh, JJ, do you have anything real quick? I got an Arizona state question. I want to ask you that's off subject a little bit, but JJ, do you have anything for Bo uh, regarding the Cardinals and the big game Monday night? Uh, yeah, sorry, my camera isn't on. My uh, my girl's computer like fell off the mount and just totally <laughs> shut my shit down. So now my camera isn't turning on. But sorry about that. Rejected. But, yeah, that's exactly what it did to my computer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I tweeted today, I I think Christian Kirk on Monday needs to be treated like wide uh, wide receiver one. Uh, like he can run the routes. Uh, you know, when his hands are there, he's catching all of them. And like it, he like he can beat people off the run, uh, unlike AJ Green, where he like you know he can if, if it's an ISO situation, man oh man, AJ Green can have a step or two uh, like ahead of the corner. But Christian Kirk, you know, like uh, uh, like Kyler just needs to find him. I think uh, Christian Kirk is definitely going to be the defining uh, offensive. Um, threat outside of Kyler uh, that we definitely need to utilize. And then, you know, Rodney Hudson, you know, like he's second to none. uh, What helps this offense move the way that it does. I just, I just hope Max Garcia can hold his end and like, hopefully we don't see Josh Jones. So (laughs) (laughs) man, he's fallen from grace this entire season, like where he started, you know, you're looking at the pass rush win rates or, or, uh, you know, where he's winning at the line of scrimmage. And he just, He's been a liability the last five, six games, penalized, yep. big penalties in red zone. Yeah, I hear you. Josh Jones, it's it's like you hope he can go back to the drawing board this offseason and figure it out because he's talented, no doubt about it. You saw what he's able to do at Houston in college and what he's been able to do when he's you know going well. But, yeah, can't, can't rely on him come Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Arizona State football, it was quite a year. <laughs> expectation this is where we should have been and this is where we were right this is where right. we always are and i live in salt lake and my wife is a big utah utes fan so i had to live through all of this this year mm-hmm. and i just want to get to that level and it's, we're not going to because of our recruiting allegations and all that fun stuff that we get to go through right now diamante train going to ohio state as a linebacker which seems totally weird to me because he seemed like just a different animal a different breed out there and i thought he was going to be something but we retain herm edwards i i think for the first time i can remember since the pac-12 era arizona state isn't losing a coach we're not going on a coaching search which ultimately can be a good thing but we still have three guys out the tight ends coach, the DBs coach, Chris Hawkins, all those guys that are in the alleged recruiting scandal. Mm-hmm. None of them have even been brought back, right? They haven't been brought back. They haven't been fired, not replaced. It's Everything's just kind of in limo, but it all falls to Herm Edwards coming back next year. Did you agree with Herm Edwards coming back as an ASU alum? Do you want to see him coming back and succeed, or were you ready just to start with the new? No, I mean – the the knee jerk reaction it's the grass is is greener who's available who who could you bring in um i, I just don't know yeah. i mean it, it could be it, it seemed like it was a good time to hit reset right but i think after the jaden daniels high wire act is done 
officially after next season, that might be the time to hit the reset button. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting just because Jaden Daniels just wasn't good. I mean, he wasn't, and there was high expectations for him. And you know, it's it's kind of it's not it's not the same as the Cardinals, but you you have to have solid play from your QB. They just didn't get it. Uh, he was okay, right? But uh, they needed a little bit more elevated play than that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you are who you are sometimes, and, and you're going to have to, at the end of the day, it wasn't like a disaster season. Sure, like you, you felt like you didn't tap into the potential and, and reach that potential, but I guess I, I'm maybe I've been beaten down and I've, I've got uh, – uh, <laughs> that's just what I'm used to. It's like Stockholm Syndrome, but I, yep. I think that – you know, if, if you can continue, he, the good thing about Herm is he's got a deep well as far as who he can bring in for, for assistant coaches. He's been around the block, coaching ranks at the NFL level. He's got a deep, you know, tree, a lot, ton of branches as far as coaching tree goes. So confident he can bring somebody in. Um, so it's just, and you got to weather the storm as far as the recruiting scandal. So it's going to take – you just kind of have to go with that because otherwise, who, who do you bring in? I mean, do you have somebody in mind that you, you would want to bring in that you can, right. you can energize this program and take it to the heights that it's – I mean, it's 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 this just vicious circle that's been going on for decades now. I mean, as far as you, you think that it's in place and they're just a coach away that can bring in the right talent to succeed, why can't they succeed? Who doesn't want to come to Tempe and play in the winter? Uh, you know, you don't know. I mean – it doesn't make sense, but I just don't know who was available. And it was a it was a bit messy offseason. Like there was some high profile jobs more so than ever before. I mean, LSU, True. Notre Dame, Florida, Oklahoma. yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, all those USC, it was all open. Potentially Michigan, we're talking too. Right. Right. Wasn't so, Texas one too? Yeah. I mean, who you I mean, Sark's down there, but uh soon. I soon JJ, I'm sure <laughs> with the <laughs> Sarkeesian, but uh it's it, it, and it's never going to be a good time to cut bait, but you, you just hope at some point, especially just because of Herm's age, that they're starting to figure out like who's the next guy, who's going to be the guy that we can tap into that can be the next star. Because like, that's the only way yeah. it's going to happen. Like you're not going to be able to bring in a proven commodity. If so, he's going to come in with a ton of baggage and it's going to be like a Rich Rod, Todd Graham situation. Sure. But, you know, with that, like all that, that's an even playing field across the league, across the NCAA. It's like you're not going to be able to beat out the blue bloods of, of college football. We can. It's unfortunate because I remember I, living on the East Coast, living up in Michigan and Atlanta for college, we didn't have access to the Pac 12 or Fox Sports at that time, right? So I'm watching the game cast like everybody did in the early and mid 2000s. But even back then, everyone's saying, you know, once we get the new uh, practice field and the practice bubble, every, <laughs> we're going to get people. Okay, now once we get new uniforms and a new brand, they're going to go, okay, we're in the Pac 12 now. Once we get a new stadium and get, okay, we got that. And, it, and it's still the same thing. It's unfortunate. Always something university, and that's what we're we're known for. But let's just hope Monday night it's not one of those things we have to relive. I love that you're feeling more confident, Bo. I love that JJ's feeling confident. Yeah. I was going up. I'm starting to come down just a little bit. So after this interview, I'm going up a little bit more, and I'm <laughs> looking forward to listening to your podcast tonight or tomorrow. Bo, tell everybody and our viewers where they can uh, find you and listen and hear your work. 
yeah, you can uh, wherever you find podcasts, you can listen to Locked On Cardinals. It's free and available on all platforms. You want to watch us? I don't know why you'd want to do that, but we're on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we we have great car- Cardinals conversation. It's great debate. It's two people that want success for this team, but different ideas of how you can achieve that. Um, and it's been a fun ride all season long. We're so thankful for everybody that's tuned into the podcast and listened. But Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find it, Stitcher. We're all there. You, of course, we've got our link tree up on our Twitter account at Locked On AZ Cards and at Bob Rackies is when I find me, Bob Rock. Thank you so much for joining us. As we said pre-show, we've been listening to you. I mean, I've been listening to you for at least two or three years now. I don't know about JJ. I'm sure it's about the same. So always appreciate your insight. And we've had to quote you a few times. But thank you for for your work. Thank you for all you do. And thank you for coming on, my friend. Man, it's been great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys listening and watching as long as you have. He's on fire. Hey. He's on fire. We'll get to the double one for you. <laughs> have a good one, Bo. Thank you. You guys Thanks, too. Have Bo. a great Friday. Cheers. You too. Man, that was awesome, wasn't it, JJ? Yeah, man. That's uh, low key a dream come true for Arizona fans. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been watching Locked On uh, Cardinals since 2019 uh since that season and yeah just listening to them and it's kind of crazy to finally talk to them now you know and see how how much they've grown just as a podcast uh for them you know alex he, he's a great guy uh he's a very passionate fan he, he kind of acts like me you know when when the cardinals <laughs> lose uh like it's like man fuck this fuck that you know like <laughs> this team is something else rejected uh but like uh I, remember they have we can't drop f-bombs now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yes. But, sorry, sorry uh, yeah. Jay, if you're JNS, if you're listening, sorry, ASAP Sports Network. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, they have a great podcast. Check them out. You know, uh, they're very informative. They know their stuff. And uh, every Thursday, usually during the season, they have a uh, collab with uh, another team. Uh, the crossover. From, uh, that's my favorite yeah, episode. Cro- yeah, yeah, the crossover Thursdays, and the, yep. those are the days I look forward to. Just listening to Insight and. You know, uh, uh, a little uh, bickering and badgering back and forth, you know, uh, but, you know, it's, it's all I, out of good fun. I, so. I love it how Bo comes on. And he's just nice and steady. Welcome to Lockdown Cardinals. And Alex come in. Look, this is what needs to happen. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury needs to. And he just takes it up a notch and it's like, let's go. But in, in all honesty, they were they were great to listen to during the pandemic last year when absolutely everything was going down. You know, you were locked in place and then you can you can listen to their podcast. They were great. But JJ, we've been pretty fortunate on this on this podcast. We got Blake Murphy from Revenge of the Birds. I'm working to get uh, Johnny Venerable to come on as well, too. We got Matthew Lissy and John Voida from Sun's Jam Session. We've we've really had the cream of the crop on this podcast. So if you're new tuning in, you've already heard Bo on here. You've heard some of the guys that we've been able to get on. Please go on YouTube, subscribe to us, share us out. We are trying to bring you the absolute best content as we can. We're fans. We're not paid for this. We get like two cents a listen or something like that. I think I cashed out the other day and I had like $7 total from like the entire time. We're not making money on this. No, we're not. We're taking the time out of our day to create thumbnails and do all this because we love this sport and we are passionate about it. So please like this uh, stream. Please share this out. 
and subscribe and hit us up and and interact with us in the chat. We we love to interact. Anything you guys bring up, we'll, we'll go and we'll we'll drop it. Um, let's go over to some Phoenix Suns action real quick. Were you able to watch the game tonight while I while I load up our background here? Uh, yeah, I watched about seventy uh, percent of it. I was up doing stuff and I watched whatever I could. But God dang, DeAndre Aiden just went crazy tonight, man. Like just everything just seemed to fall for him. I'm I'm gonna steal something from Suns Jam session. Sorry if you guys are watching. Who is your Suns Jam star of the night? Would you go with Book <laughs> or would you go with Da? Ah uh, man, uh, like when you're thinking of Jam star uh, of the game or the night. You, uh, it has to be consistency, and like uh, I believe, Da only had two shots in the second half. Uh, Booker kind of had it on uh, the whole game, so you kind of have to go with Booker. Uh, but it, all around, great defense. Um, I kind of like uh, uh, Jay Crowder. Uh, his shot wasn't necessarily there, but his defense until the end, until like his last two oh, yeah. threes. Yeah, then the only the only threes of the night, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, Mikkel, uh, he wasn't uh, shooting like that, but, you know, the defense was there. And and uh, this uh, Suns team only allowed uh, uh, three players uh, to be above, you know, 10 points. Uh, Karis Levert, uh, then uh, Justin Holiday, and uh, uh, Sabonis, you know. They're three main scorers, but uh, they, they just couldn't get it done at the end of the day. But Bro, yeah, uh, the- Bro can we talk about Sabonis while, while you just hit on him? Freaking oh, – yeah. I was just on here being like, this dude is a stud. He's this, he's that. He killed us last year when we played them. Four for 10, 14 points. He did have 14 rebounds. He did have six assists. But the 14 points, I was surprised how non-energetic, non-into-the-game, whatever whatever term you want to use, I was just surprised at his lack of scoring i guess ultimately were you uh yeah i uh, like it doesn't necessarily surprise me i just know the the sort of player uh less a bonus is you know he's usually pretty consistent but just the nba talk right now is you know indiana blowing up so like yeah uh, probably probably his mind is off of it uh justin holiday yeah, i think he's trying yeah. to increase his uh, trade value um I think it's all around uh, kind of like bad vibes with this team. So uh, I'm not totally going to kill Sabonis. You know, this team isn't expected to really do much, uh, but we've seen what Sabonis could do. He's a he's a really solid player. He can ruin uh, anyone's given night. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he I think he just had an off night. I don't think he was all the way there. Like we see D.A. have those games and, you know, it's it's not a big deal. We got to see a little bit of Tory Craig tonight. He made some pretty good plays. Mm-hmm. He hit a couple threes. He also made quite a few bad plays. There was quite a few times he fouled Book. He he jumped up and Book, you know, would jump into him. Not necessarily jump into him, but he he did a little bit. And it just, he, I love Tory Craig. Don't get me wrong. He does a lot of good things. But for as many good things as he does, I also saw quite a few boneheaded things. And tonight just kind of looked like a typical Tory Craig game. I miss him. I'd love for him to be on the team. I don't know if playing 25 minutes a game is necessarily where he, you know, should be at. What did you see from Tory Craig? Ah, uh, man. Like I miss him so much. <laughs> it, like he's wearing the wrong colors, Evan. But uh, like, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, I'm like, he's on fire. 
there. <laughs> uh, uh, it was nice seeing Tory Craig again. Uh, you know, uh, I saw him uh, dapping up uh, the guys on the opposite bench, you know, telling uh, saying what's up. And, you know, like it's all love yeah. over here in Phoenix with him. Uh, he, but, knows. Like, he knows. Yeah, he knows. He's welcome back anytime. But uh, like, I don't know what you remember from last year, but I don't necessarily remember Tory Craig playing bad when uh, he was over here. Um. I'm telling you, go back. If anybody were to go back and watch the film, like other than the game six when he guarded the hell out of Paul George in the second half and pretty much won us the game and shut us shut him down, like I saw so many times he was just lackadaisical. I don't want to say lazy, but there was moments that he would just space and he wouldn't try as hard as as other times. I just saw that from him. Like, yeah, decent enough shooter great size small ball five all that there were times he just didn't give it his all when he was right there able to make a play and i see things like that more than i see the good because i'm a coach in basketball so i'm always saying what you're not doing i'm the one we can always improve and do better coach we just won by 75 could have won by 80 bitch like (laughs) i'm that kind of coach so that's just me and what i see from him i love him i i see it but if I don't see an all-out motor, I'm going to have issues with you. I saw that with Book before uh, Chris Paul got here. I had issues with Book. I wanted to get rid of Booker. I did, straight up. Even when Paul got in and we started 8-8, eight and eight, I was like, dude, trade Booker for Beal. Like, I'm I'm tired of him. And now, and, and he's starting to do this a little bit more, and that's annoying me. But you know what? He puts his butt down and he plays defense, and I'm not mad about that at all. I love the way Booker's playing. I love that he's kind of a, a, an old head at only 24, 25 years old. That's just what I saw out of Torrey Craig. I didn't see the all-out motor, which is what pisses me off about DeAndre Ayton. It's what pisses me off about Chris Paul. I get it with Chris Paul. Chris Paul wants to delegate to everybody and delegate, delegate, and he plays not selective defense, but he kind of picks and chooses his spots. He'll be in the position, and if the ball goes his way, he's going to steal that bitch. You know what I mean? And he'll smack the ball out. Mikhail Bridges goes all out. Cam Bridges, or Cam Bridges, uh, Cam Payne goes all out. Cam Johnson, go all out. Jay Crowder, go all out. You know, a lot of guys, JaVale McGee, Biombo, they go all out, and so I can't say anything about them. DeAndre Ayton, we question it. It's a legitimate like question that people have. Is he trying hard? Is he this? Is he that? It's something that we've been talking about his whole career. Devin Booker, we don't question that anymore. But that's what I saw out of Torrey Craig that just frustrated me about him. I get wanting him to come back, but do you think it's possible, JJ, that we had the opportunity to re-sign him and they said no because of anything that I'm saying? Do you think that's possible? Because we didn't. it's not like we replaced him with another wing player, right? We replaced him with... You could say JaVale McGee, but I would say that's more of a Sarich replacement. Uh, There's a lot of ways you can look at it. I think it was just more in the bigger plan because obviously we saw what this team's potential is. And it like the uh, the finals came down to just like a couple of bad plays, bad off, uh, bad offensive possessions and some uh, uh, bad uh, switching on the defensive side of things. And uh, like Tory Craig got uh, hurt early uh, in that series. Uh, oh, I forgot him. about that. Yeah, yeah. Giannis messed up his knee. We're not going to get into that right now. Not a basketball but... play. <laughs> but like, uh, I what I saw hey, from Tory Craig last year. What's up, vlogs? What's up, Iverson? Uh, but uh, I saw uh, something different with uh, Tory Craig last year. It was like I just saw 
a guy trying to really make a statement on a team, you know, because he's been bouncing around the league a little bit. Like he was on the Nuggets and a couple other teams before that. And I always thought he was a solid player. And and when we acquired him, I was actually generally excited because like we, we are lacking in size. We we're lacking in sort of a defensive versatility. Uh, and he brought that for most of the season. And I think where you're seeing the issue with him, with his motor and him not fully being, you know, present was maybe him not knowing his role. And uh, because by the time he joined the team, everybody just sort of already knew what they were supposed to do. He was the only addition to that team. I I see where you're going with that. I could, I could definitely see that. I've got two, two schools of thought of that. One, you're a professional and you've been told what to do probably a million times and you need to pick it up. But also two, we heard, and I've said it on this podcast recently, I think with John that the, the, the Suns only had like, 14 total practices all of last year so it's not like he had time to go in there and practice so both sides of the fence the way you want to choose that sorry sorry go on that was an interesting point uh no it like what i saw from him i I really liked it but i think james jones was looking more into the future he's like hey i like i really want to bring you back but it's just like the the way this team is projecting i i just don't know uh what we're able to do right now and with sports you know like you move with the times and stuff at the yeah. time uh we didn't we didn't think uh w- like uh well we thought kaminsky was gonna come back he was gonna flourish a little more you can be in a role eventually you're gonna get sarge back um you know we're gonna move on from jalen smith and a lot of things have changed you know like we got javel uh he's done a great job since he's came here and then uh you know kaminsky's knee uh went out then uh then uh, there there goes another uh size issue then uh all these covid issues start popping up and da was gone in the beginning of the season then uh he now he's just coming back from his covid stuff so uh like i think james jones is sort of looking like we do need bodies in the future i just don't know if it's tory craig i would love to have him back just as a fan i like i just don't know where we could put them now i think it's a little too late for that if we can get them cheap fuck it but oh sorry but book it sorry <laughs> rejected that's three you're gonna get it kick, kicked off jj you're gonna get us kicked I, off man I'm sorry i need to put you in timeout just for a minute good lord <laughs> but like i'm really uh more moving towards uh we need like another like uh, scoring guard for the secondary because <coughs> Eric Gordon. Yeah, I'm I'm really leaning towards acquiring Eric Gordon somehow. I just don't know what Houston will accept for Eric Gordon. Like I don't know if Eric Gordon wants so, to move on. Uh, like let, I, I just let's don't know. let's get it let's get into that real quick. Uh, Todd Helseth again. Sorry if I'm not I'm mispronouncing that. He brought up a good point today. Did you see this on Twitter that the Celtics offered Dennis Schroeder for Jalen Smith? Did you see that? I did, and I'm not entirely against that, honestly. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm for it. I don't know if I'm against it. I know that him and Schroeder, I know I'm not Schroeder against and Chris, it. Yeah, Chris Paul and Schroeder played together in OKC. I mean, they got the sixth seed. That team was supposed to be garbage, and they got the sixth seed in the, in the bubble. So I, I'm like, I'm not against it. I don't know if... I don't know if we can see here's and here's the thing. If we don't have Jalen Smith and Cam Johnson still out now, what do we do? Yeah. Exactly. Right. 
I mean, are we going to play Biombo at the fort? No. Are we going to play more Ish Wainwright? That's a little scary. I would be for this move if we were able to get a Tory Craig, something along those lines. But now, but now we're already talking Eric Gordon, Schroeder, Tory Craig. I mean, are we going to be adding a little bit too much? If, if we add somebody like Gordon, I hope we ship out Shamit. Is that crazy to say? No, uh, I don't think it is. Uh, I, Sham had a pretty decent game today, uh, in my opinion. But uh, he, he like he's just inconsistent right now, and it, it may click, it may not. He's you know, he's, he's been inconsistent for forty one yeah. games. Yeah, I I just don't know with him right now. Like uh, it's just it's just weird. But like if I was James Jones, I would really look into the Aaron uh, Eric Gordon situation. He's probably already looked into it and just trying to see what the right time is and what other offers are. It's crazy because he's still got three years left. So we could have control over Eric Gordon for three more years, which I mean, I'm definitely not opposed to. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look up to see if anybody in the chat knows how old he is offhand, go ahead and drop that. I'm trying to find out how old he is. Let me, isn't let me he like look. 28 or like, 30, nah, God, like dude, that? I think he, he came out with Anthony Davis, I believe in that. Cause they played the Indiana Kentucky game that year when Indiana upset them. That was one of the best college basketball games that I can remember. Why did I go to schedule? Go to roster. You idiot. Okay, here we go. Eric Gordon going to click on him. 33. 33. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's, he's not a spring, right? he's not a spring chicken. So you're paying a guy at 33 years old 18 mil. Then you're going to be 34 and 35 when he gets off and he's probably going to be about the same. That in a way is a win now move and not a future move. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I question it, but then again, when a guy is on their last year of their deal, they can you can ship out a one-year deal like there's no tomorrow in the NBA. So he's at $18.2 million. If you put in, where are you at? Jalen Smith, he's at four and a half. You're still not even close to there. You got to you gotta up that. So you add in Landry Shamit, who is only making 3.7 this year. Next year is when he's going to be making the big pay bump. You do have a trade exception when it comes to that. So now you have to add even more. You can't add Nader or Peyton or Kaminsky or Wainwright. You're not going to want to add Javale McGee. You just signed Bridges. Now you're talking about campaign. Are, is this where you unload Dario Saric? Are you going to unload Dario Saric for Eric Gordon? I don't know if I am. I'm looking forward to seeing what Dario Saric could do next year with Jamea, JaVale McGee next to him. You know what I mean? Or biombo because uh, I, I, I mean dario's are our are backup for it's not jalen smith it's not jalen smith in my opinion he's definitely a five and they're trying to mold him to the four yeah he could grow into it but he hasn't yet when he was playing the five he was a lot better now that he's playing the four it's very questionable at best so are you willing to give up dario Saris, jalen smith landry shamit uh in an eric gordon deal at this point that's uh, 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 like Dario's been very committed to this team, and he, he's put up with a lot. And you know, like I don't think James Jones is the type of guy to you know trade someone while you know they're injured and they've been listening and been part of the system for as long as he has. I, I could I, see the Rockets wanting to take an injured player so that they continue to get like good picks and stuff. I could see that being a possibility. I could too. But if it was me and looking at the landscape of, you know, just the NBA and stuff, we're already on the top. Well, like we're in, like we have the best record in the league. 
Um, we're competing against the Warriors to represent the West. I, I don't think another team is relatively close. Maybe the Grizzlies if they go on a stretch, but the Grizzlies don't have like a second scorer. So it's like the jaw show right now. So I don't know if they can really hold it for so long or it being sustainable, but it's just like, I'm looking like for the Western conference finals and like exactly what we're going to need. Like we need rebounding, we need defense and that's really it. The scoring's there. It's just, we like, we just got to be more physical at the end of the day. And I like the sense team like like is built for sustainability and we can keep this i uh, keep this ball rolling but you know we're not gonna be able to keep everybody at the end of the day so if you can move anybody and you can get dario off and get a nice piece back i mean like i i'm not opposed to it at all you know there was a lot of times where Dario just disappeared for 20 game stretches, you know, like, yeah, you're right. Also <laughs> coming off an of injury, coming off of COVID as well last year too. It's not like he was healthy throughout. And then when he got to the playoffs, he was, he was a lot better. And he started making his three too. Once he started making his three, it just, everything just kind of opened up. He was for him. streaky. And he was streaky. He was, he, it. he was very streaky for the record. Dennis Schroeder's at 5.8 mil. So you could trade for them straight up. But Schroeder is a one-year guy, so he would be here for the rest of the year. And, and then what? I I think I'd rather stick with campaign. I think. I know Schroeder is a better player. But if you just want to win for this year, you probably make that move. If you want to win for a couple years down the road at, at a screaming deal with campaign, you know, that's kind of what you do. And I like what they've been able to do with piecing together the the third backup point guard spot with Etwan Moore and Javon Carter last year and now Alfred yeah. Payton this year. So I like what they've been able to do there. I trust what they do. If we come out tomorrow and there's a trade, if there's a trade for him, like I trust I it. I can't argue with the James Jones has been bat batting a thousand. Right. I'll like me. It just as a fan, I just there want a score next to camera Payne when he's running the second unit. And I think Aaron Gordon will be, great in that it's just Landry Sham is just isn't getting it done right now and these games are a lot closer than they should be and like uh yeah the 35 isn't always there but they usually close out 99 percent yeah. of the time like our bench was our strongest point last year and now it's our weakest so uh like yeah we, we got time the screws man yeah and there's time there's time to do it. Remember, there was 72 games last year. So at this point last year, there was 20, 31 games left. There's 41 this year. So we've got an extra 10 games. We are through the half point half point mark of the season. Uh, good news for He's on Fire podcast fans. We are going to be back Sunday night, 930 local Valley time. Uh, we're going to have a lot of NFL playoffs to talk about. I can't wait for some of these games tomorrow. Um, I'd like to go through some of the games with you if you'd like real quick. JJ, are you down with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's start real quick because I need to I need to get off here in about five, five to ten minutes. We got some time. Let's start with the Raiders and Bengals. The the line is Cincinnati at negative five and a half. Are you a fan of Cincy taking over the Raiders? Because I I want to believe them. I want to say yes, Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that. But at the same time, it's the effing Bengals. On the flip side, it's the effing Raiders. Like who there's yeah. no team you trust, right? So I think I will go with the home team and pick the Bengals, but I wouldn't bet on them at at uh, minus five and a half right now. But 
I'll take the Bengals just because they're the home team and they overall have the better roster, in my opinion. Who are you going for? Uh, this game is pretty interesting. Uh, I think I think it's pretty evenly matched. Uh, the Raiders have uh, overcame a lot this season, and I, I want to give yes. them applause for that. Uh, a lot a lot of shit went down. Uh, but uh, I got to go with uh, uh, Joey Burrow, you know, like he, he's been balling out. Um, Joey Burrow. Very similar stats to Rodgers besides the interceptions. It's just that offensive line that kills that team. And uh, I got since uh, uh Yeah, you know, I'm not going to count against Carr. Uh, Carr's been great this year. I thought he's been a lot better than people give him credit for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, shout out to him, uh, you know, just for him to make it you know, this far with everything that happened is a freaking miracle. So, um, but I got to pick Cincy. Yep. Facts. Uh, Pats at the bills. Bills have a better roster. Bills have the better quarterback. Bills have the better wide receiver. I just don't ever want to count out bill Belichick, especially against a division foe in the first round of the playoffs. I just get a terrible feeling that the evil empire is going to come back and win with Mac Jones not necessarily like the Tim Tebow miracle to Demarius Thomas, rest in peace. But I just get a feeling something like that weird is going to happen where they just keep it close, keep it close, keep it close, battle the third and shorts and make them punt. And then they're going to return one for a touchdown or block one or something like that, that sets them up for a field goal at the end. I just get the feeling that evil empire Patriots are going to win. What do you think? Uh, So uh, this game is in Buffalo, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, Todd lights Mac Jones. Uh, hold on, Todd. I got I, I got something for rejected. You. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just so, I just don't like anybody on that team, but but I'm picking them. So shows what the hell I know. So uh, since it's in Buffalo, I think it's really going to be pounding the ground. It's going to be snowy. Uh, it's going to be oh, Bill's pain. Mafia. Oh, I can't wait for yeah. Twitter that morning. Bill Mafia is going to get go crazy. It's going to be a pain to play in all that snow and that cold wind and stuff. So the last time the weather, uh, uh, the last time uh, these two teams played, oh, well, the first time uh, like the Patriots won and uh, Mac Jones only threw twice. But the thing with the Patriots the last month, month and a half is that Mac Jones has been pretty awful, uh, just throwing the ball consistently and just making kind of dumb decisions. I got got to go with Josh Allen. It's going to be 10 or excuse me, 12 degrees and then six degrees in the evening. Oh God. It's going to be nice and frigid out there. I cannot wait to see all the dumb people going out with, uh, Those um, bills with, with nothing on, yeah. uh, wind 13. So it says, so it says right now it is 10 degrees there, but it feels like negative six. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> That uh, is going to be a cold, fun game, you you guys. I got to go with the Bills. I uh, I think uh, they learned from their mistakes. Uh, the second time those two teams played against each other, uh, the Bills handed them a, a fat L. So I think yeah. they're like uh, Mac Jones. He just isn't all the way there, in my opinion. Uh, he still has a lot to learn. I think what he did this year was uh, pretty great. I I just don't think he can beat this Bills team. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I really do. So those do are Saturday's <laughs> games. Uh, Sunday, 11 a.m. First off, Suns play the Pistons. 
at 11 a.m. As a lot of people know, I, I went to high school in Michigan. I have a lot of friends in Michigan. So anytime a Phoenix team plays a Michigan team, I get a little bit more hype for that game. So I'm really hyped to play the Pistons, even though we should win. Are, are you assuming that we're just going to come out with a W without any weird COVID stuff going on, JJ? We're, we're going to be able to beat the Pistons? Uh, anytime I see a 11 a.m. game, uh, I just kind of put it down as a scheduled loss. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened with the Boston game. I kind of figured we were going to lose that one. I don't know. It's just with these early games, I feel like we're not all the way there. So Sure. That's fair. Um, we're only going from Indianapolis to Detroit. I mean, that's a three and a half hour, maybe true. four hour drive. It ain't far. It's an 11 a.m. game. I'm sure they're already in Detroit after tonight's game and they're comfy and cozy. They'll get some time. I, I could see him. They're going to pull I it out. I can see him winning. They're, they're I, gonna, I don't winning, know what the yeah. line is yet. And I wonder if Detroit plays tomorrow. If anybody knows, I'm, I'm going to look up NBA scores. If anybody knows what happens with that game, uh, if Detroit plays tomorrow, let me know. But at the same time, we're going to have the Eagles at Buccaneers. I, I Buccaneers, I think, are just going to not necessarily walk away with it, but I think they're going to win by two scores. I really, really do think Jalen Hurts could have a Michael Vick type of night or performance. Mm. Back in 2001 or 2002, I'm not 100% sure. The Falcons with a young Mike Vick, Michael Vick at that time, went up to Green Bay. The frozen tundra had no business even being in the playoffs. He goes, explodes, runs all over them that game. And it was the, it might have been the best performance I've ever seen from an underdog team, especially in Michael Vick. That was such a special, special game. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go look up Falcons at Packers playoffs and watch those highlights. They were incredibly fun to watch. So I just think Jalen Hurts, who's a special athlete, nobody is going to say otherwise. He might have some sort of that performance. Is it enough to take over Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Bruce Arians and company? I definitely don't think so. Crazier things have happened. But what do you think about this matchup? Um, I think it's going to be actually close. Uh, like, I think it's going to be like a 27-24 sort of thing with the Bucks pulling out. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to go into like an early lead, take their foot off the gas, and I think they're just going to start roaring. Uh, the Eagles are just going to start roaring back and just kind of make the game a little reachable, and I think the Bucks will just put it away at the end of the day. You can't really bet against Brady. So Yeah. Uh, for the record, the Pistons played the night. They beat the Raptors, who we just beat, 103 to 87 for the record. Jeez. Yeah, Jeez. crazy. So they're not coming off of a back-to-back -back or anything like that. Next game, 49ers at Cowboys, which I think is going to be the most fun, if not the most intriguing matchup of the weekend. I'm picking the 49ers for sure over the Cowboys. And I was on with Quest for the West and 49ers Cutback, our good friends over there. Um, they seem to think that you know, it's it's absolutely no problem that the 49ers are not only going to be able to cover the minus three spread, they're going to be able to take it to them and win. I completely agree. What do you think, JJ? Uh, yeah, I definitely think the Niners, uh, they're just hot right now. And yep, they're, they're a team I definitely do not want to see in the playoffs. You know, they're, they're scary good, you know, like uh, their expectations in the beginning of the season, uh, they were supposed to win the division and all that. And, you know, injuries killed them, and now they're slowly uh, regaining what uh, the expectations were. Uh, they're healthy. The season. They're healthy. Yeah, they're healthy now. Yeah, that's really just what it was. So I definitely, like, I I'll definitely be scared if I was a Cowboy fan. 
I agree. Uh, last one, Steelers and Chiefs. Uh, the line is uh, negative, minus 12 and a half for KC. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I don't know if it'll necessarily be a two-score game per se because you just never know when it comes to Mike Tomlin. But uh, Chiefs are going to pull this one out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the Chiefs should win that. Yep. Agreed. And then we get to our game, which we're I'm not, we're not going to make any predictions quite yet. I didn't ask Bo that because he makes his predictions at a later podcast. I think Fridays, maybe Saturday, actually. I'm not 100% sure. But fortunately for us, Sunday night at 930 on Valley Time, we're going to be right back with everybody. We get to cover all the NFL playoffs that we just went over. We're going to talk about the Suns and the Pistons. Uh, Suns got two more games after that. Uh, who do they play Tuesday? I'm pulling up their schedule. Do you know off the top uh, of your head? They Tuesday, play. So no. I, they play at Detroit and then. Oh, no, I forgot. They play at Detroit 11 a.m. Then at San Antonio on Monday, the very next day. I forgot. I'm, I'm I'm question. That's a questionable game. I know that Doug McDermott is currently out and there's a, quite a few guys that are out. DeJounte Murray is playing at an exceptional level right now. So I'm, I'm worried about that game a little bit. That sucks. So we're going to be back Sunday night. We're going to be able to talk about that preview the game. Fortunately for us as well, too. I don't know if you're going to be able to join JJ, but Monday, 6 p.m. Valley time. We are going to be not live streaming the game. We're going to be live streaming us watching the game and giving our commentary (laughs) the whole time as well, too. We have two games going on. Not only is the Suns and Spurs a big game in its own right, because we need to be able to keep pace with these other teams in the West. We know that the Warriors lost uh, last night. They won tonight and the Grizzlies lost tonight while we keep winning. We need to you know, just keep inching up a little bit and gain a little bit of space. So I think every game from here on out has its own big game viability in my own opinion so there's not only that game we get to watch but then obviously the cardinals and rams game so we're going to be with you the whole stream uh the whole time for that game giving you live reaction we're going to have a couple pop-up guests that some people know and some people don't know during the time hopefully our our co-owner of asap sports jns drops in at some point uh we're probably going to have alex from 49ers cut back on and i have a few tricks up my sleeves to get a couple more people on on the stream so hopefully we get a new guest like every quarter or something so we can just keep it good keep it fresh and if we're losing they can bring new energy and if we're winning they can bring even more energy so a couple big streams coming up you guys uh sunday night previewing the game that's that's going to be a good 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 stream i I can't wait for sunday night that's going to be the build-up you're going to get all of our predictions and everything then and then Sunday, starting at 6 p.m., <laughs> oh, you guys sorry. come check us out. So please share this stream, share out this podcast, like, hit the like button, subscribe to us. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Playlists, Spotify, all the good stuff. Hit us up on there. Please give us a five-star review and interact with us. JJ, you want to leave us with any final thoughts that you got? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, shout out to uh little brock for hopping on tonight uh, it, uh that was just great you know i was geeking out you know uh, having that was on, fun so, thank you yeah, that, that was really fun and i'm just glad we have all these uh friends through the arizona sports atmosphere uh you know to support one another and you know because you know we're not like L- la sort of media recognition you know we're, we're all sort of scraping by and 
Yes. Like we can all entertain each other. So if, if we box ourselves in a corner just because of the teams we follow, I'm totally cool with that. You know, Arizona sports till we die. Right, ride or die. Uh, and, and we usually die. So shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're used to it. But man, yeah, definitely come out Monday. I am pumped to be live streaming that game. Uh, I, I have a lot of nerves, but I have a sort of good feeling and it's the same feelings uh knock on wood that i had for the cowboys game it was nerves and i yeah i was nervous and but i had a good you're confidently and, nervous yeah i'm confidently nervous i hope kyler has the best game of his career i hope uh jj watt comes back and he's at least 80 percent. i hope uh we see uh rondell moore be back in the system i hope marco wilson's shoulder is back and I hope Byron Murphy just doesn't blow coverages and, you know, and we don't see Josh. Won't. But, <laughs> but I, I am pumped for Monday, guys, and I hope you guys are too. Please join us. Uh, that will be really fun. Please join That's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to. And Amit will be here too. Uh, yep. Yep. Amit, we miss you. We miss our other co host, Amit, for those of you that, that don't know him. Uh, great insight, wonderful human being. We're, we're fortunate to have him on. As I said, I, my confidence go, was going like this. I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't sugarcoat shit around here. I'm, I'm starting to go down a little bit. And I don't want anybody else feeling confident to feel that negative vibe that I'm putting out there. I just got to give it to you how it is. But maybe it's my nerves starting to creep up and the reality of it coming in. Who knows? The injury report is something to keep track of tomorrow. Let's Absolutely. watch that. A lot of Twitter updates and because we're going to be traveling on Sunday to get there. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up on that. Monday is going to be crazy. Just what a time. Playoff what a time football, to be man. in Arizona. Playoff football, man. and we're talking about it. Playoff football. We're talking about it on Keith on Fire podcast. Join us Sunday night at 9.30 p.m. Valley time. Join us at 6, 6 o'clock for the game on Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go.